Well, it is good for us to be in worship together this morning. And uh, as Tim has already welcomed you, if you are newer with us, uh, my name is Brian and also have the privilege of being one of the pastors here. And uh, one of the things we recognize this particular weekend, um, apart from other weekends in the year, is that uh, this is what's known as Orphan Sunday, uh, where we recognize particularly those in our congregation who are uh, engaged in what it says uh, in Isaiah chapter 1 to defend the cause of the fatherless. And so we have uh, families in our congregation who um, have adopted, uh, those who are in the midst and the process of adoption, uh, those who serve as foster homes, as well as uh, part of Illini Christian Ministries, uh, safe families. Uh, and so we want to recognize and, and pray for you specifically today. Uh, but also we want to pray for those, uh, you could say biological families who are going through the process of setting up an adoption plan. And of course, for the children themselves. And so why we recognize that there are those in our congregation who are um, acutely involved in um, an orphan ministry. Uh, know that we can all be involved at some level. In fact, uh, our, our Christmas project this year as a church is a, a, an organization through um, Samaritan's Purse called Operation Christmas Child, uh, where we can um, actually surpri- uh, provide um, support and care uh, to orphans around the world. And so there is actually um, a, a, half, a full sheet folded in your, in your program to find out how you and your family can get more involved or get involved in providing these uh, shoe boxes that we, we send all over the world um, going this Christmas season. Uh, but with that, I would invite you to, uh, to pray with me as uh, we pray for all of these settings uh, regarding Orphan Sunday. Father, we recognize that as we, um, again, for some more acutely than others, are involved in what it means to um, adopt and, and to care for orphans, that that is an overflow of what the gospel is, that you as we just recognized in communion through your son, Jesus Christ, we are sons and daughters adopted um, by the power of Jesus Christ with you being our heavenly father. And so we, we thank you for that. And we thank you for those who are living out the tangible touch of that ministry uh, in the lives of young children around the world. May your grace and your peace and your mercy uh, be with them, uh, both in our congregation, those throughout our community and around the world. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to uh, visit my alma mater, uh, Milligan College, uh, which like, that's not very far. Not Milligan, uh, Milligan College. It's uh, actually in Northeast Tennessee, uh, where I uh, serve as uh, on their board of advisors. And on that particular trip, I got to take our oldest daughter, Cole, uh, who's nine years old, and uh, where she declared she's going to be class of 2028 there, which... It was kind of disturbing uh, to put that number on it. But um, also with that, when we were there, the uh, theater department uh, of the college was putting on a production, uh, the the production Our Town by Thornton Wilder. Uh, And if you're not familiar with the production, uh, what takes place is actually depicts three acts uh, of a town uh, at the turn of the 20th century in the Northeast uh, that really, as you watch the first two acts, seems pretty ordinary, pretty mundane, just the everyday normal activities of anyone who would live out their lives, everything from going to work to going to school to, you know, having kids, marrying and burying and all that stuff that goes with it, until you get to the third act. And the third act takes place uh, actually in a cemetery where you are witnessing the characters who have passed on, reflecting and having conversations with one another about how much they missed out on and how they were not attentive to the 
the good things and the blessing of what otherwise during life seemed mundane and ordinary. And so I was curious as, uh, as to how a nine-year-old might process the point of that play. And so I asked Cole after the play, I said, so what do you think the, the point of that, that play was? And she more or less just quoted uh, some of the closing lines of that final uh, scene, that final act, uh, which said something to the effect of, people live life as if they'll be on this earth a million years but instead should pay attention to the every moments. That in reality, as we go out day to day, we do. We live largely unaware, just assuming we're just gonna be in this place uh, almost forever, but instead need to open our eyes and pay attention to the moments that God has given us here on this earth and how we should live those out. And so last week, to that end, uh, we began a series entitled Follow, where uh, Pastor Wayne led us, and now it's, it's just a two-week series, so we're going to be done after today. Uh, but he uh, revealed to us and reminded many of us of the first steps, the foundational steps, as to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and the kind of life that we can then lead after, both in these moments, in this life on this planet, but frankly, that last four millions of years in all of eternity. And so as a follower, as followers of Jesus Christ, we recognize that we respond initially. We respond fully uh, as we just celebrated in communion, receiving Jesus Christ as the Son of God who lived, who died, who was buried and then rose to new life, uh, just as we just sang and celebrated, but that we accept that. We receive that, um, putting our faith in him, and then celebrating that as we, as we did last weekend in the services and then last night with our, with our family, with our kids' uh, baptism service. We celebrate that in baptism, that we participate as we go under the water and come back up. We are saying we are dying, burying our way of life and rising to a new life that Jesus Christ leads. That's what baptism celebrates. And so that's what um, you could say is the, is the starting point of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, but then the question remains, if that's where we start, is that where we, I mean, is that where we end as well? I mean, is that the point, just to, just to receive Jesus Christ? And then from there, I mean, do we just kind of wait around for a few years or a few dozen years until we finally cross over into heaven to that eternal life that is promised us? Or, to borrow from the play, does God have something more for us between the now and that day when we pass over, if you will? Does he have more for us uh, in the moments that we should be giving our attention to that reflects being prepared for the eternally, the, the millions of years that will, that will follow? And so to that end, that's what I want to look with you today at. And, and, to, and to discover more about that, I want to invite you to turn it to, uh, in your scriptures, in the Bible, to Acts chapter 2. And as you turn there, I actually want to kind of speak to the story of scripture um, the whole story of the Bible, uh, sometimes I think it helps us it, to see where what we're reading fits in the bigger picture. And so as you turn there, um, as long as it takes you at least two minutes, you can do, uh, it probably won't take you that long. Uh, but I also want to give you, kind of following along the metaphor of this screenplay, if you will, the story of Scripture, and, and frankly, just the story of humanity, that you could, uh, in, in a sense, actually break it up into five different acts, uh, where you could say that the first act of the screenplay that is uh, humanity is where God actually creates us. He creates the universe, he creates us, uh, humankind, and he looks at it all and he says, it is good. And so you have really uh, original goodness. And then you go into act two where Adam and Eve do something that is not good. Uh, and they turn away from God's way. They bring sin into the state and the story of humanity. 
And then really after Genesis, the rest of the Old Testament is pretty much, again, this is a pretty broad generalization, but pointing to um, the one who would come to rectify that sin that has broken uh, our world, the Savior, uh, the Son of God who would come. And so that takes us to then the New Testament, which we could say is Act 3, where we see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the four Gospels, accounts of the life, uh, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, uh, and, and then the 40 days that follow of Jesus Christ, which again, we celebrate accepting in baptism. And from there, after Jesus spends, or during that 40 days, he's giving his disciples, his apostles, final instructions as to what to do when he leaves, to which they're like, wait, you're leaving us again? And Jesus says, it's okay, this is actually a good thing, because when I leave, I'm actually going to send to you my Holy Spirit, which is actually God within all of us, uh, those who follow Jesus Christ. And so, and he's going to come and he's going to empower you to start what we could say is act four, and that is the, um, the state of the church. Uh, and that is the scene, that is the act that we are a part of right now. We are living in the age of the church until Act 5. We are anticipating Act 5 when Jesus returns again and makes all things new, all things good again. Um, and so as we anticipate Act 5, we recognize we currently, in 2015, we're in the middle of Act 4. We are in the age of the church. And we're going to examine uh, the opening lines of Act 4, looking at the book of Acts chapter 2. I know this is very confusing. I'm, I'm kind of losing myself a little bit uh, with this Acts thing. But uh, the book of Acts is uh, literally means the Acts of the Apostles. These are um, the actions that the Apostles did in starting the church. And then the rest of the New Testament is more or less letters to us as the church and to churches back then um, as to what it means to live out Act chapter or Act 4 in forget it, uh, of of what it means to be the church. And so that all begins, sorry for this, at the beginning of Acts chapter 2 with the start of the church. Here we go. All right, so Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 40, more or less uh, is that um, actualization of the Holy Spirit coming as Jesus promised. uh, And Peter, by the power of the Holy Spirit, preaches the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ so we can have a relationship with God through his work. And it says this in verse 41, if you want to start following from there. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And so that's, that's it. That's the moment where the church begins with an initial 3,000 people is their church. And I'm like, okay, I thought we had space challenges and they're trying to figure out what to do with that many people. And so from there, verse 42 then describes what life looked like for these people, for the church, and thus, hint, hint, as an example and um, a precedent for how then we should look 2,000 years later. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that this church, that they, they devoted themselves uh, and I'm going to stop there. That word devoted is uh, because it's very important to us. And our, I know we don't get very far reading before I interrupt, um, but it's uh, actually where our mission statement uh, borrows from. And that our understanding of what it means to be the church is that we are to be devoted. We are devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We are developing into more devoted followers of Jesus Christ through or by growing and serving together. And we're going to see that growing and serving together taking place here in the rest of these verses. And so that's where we understand that we get our understanding from. That uh, They devoted themselves, and it says this is what it looked like. They devoted themselves through and to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Okay, so we see them devoted to Christ through uh, their commitment to the apostles' teaching, which we could now recognize as now the full counsel or the full word of God, the scriptures, that that is where we get our basis in everything we do. And we don't just live by that alone, but it says as a fellowship, we do life together. And that's our commitment as a church, whether it's 30 people, 300 people, or 3,000 people, that we are always going to be making movement to get, candidly, out of this space, sitting shoulder to shoulder, all facing the same direction, and, and getting uh, into life together where we are in relationship with other people in this church that actually encourage our relationship with God. And so we do that through our Grow Together groups and classes. Um, and so from there, uh, we see that they're devoted to Scripture, and together they're also devoted, it says at the end of that verse, to prayer. And so really, God's Word and prayer, that is the pathway that God has given us for us to be able to communicate to him and him to us. And so it's on that foundation of God's word and being communicating uh, with him uh, through prayer. It says verse 43. It says that everyone then was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. Uh, Again, because of their commitment to God's word and to prayer, out of the overflow of that, God is doing some cool things among them. And that's our understanding, that as we commit as a church to be people of God's word and a church, a praying church, that God is going to use that uh, for his glory, for his work, and what he wants to do to do some cool things in us and through us in our community. Verse 45, it says that they sold property and possessions to give uh, to anyone who had need. And so this speaks to their commitment to, uh, to live generously and to, and to serve together, to serve others because, uh, frankly, if you have kids in the first kids area, this is exactly the topic they're looking at today, that they're talking about how we serve uh, because Jesus came not to be served, uh, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so out of the overflow of Jesus coming actually to serve us, we then emulate that uh, and be the tangible touch of him by serving one another and serving others. And so that's, again, serving together is part of our our mission and our understanding. And then verse 46, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Isn't that a great picture of what life together should be? Uh, And again, this goes back to really our commitment to, uh, again, growing together outside of just sitting shoulder to shoulder, listening to one person talk. Um, And with that, you know, it says also that you all, if you're in a grow together group, that you should be eating well. And so if good food is not a part of it, you are unbiblical. (laughs) That's not good. So Pastor Jonathan, be aware. Um, Any group's not eating well. All right. And so to these four points, um, if I were to give you just, uh, I would say, some application as to as you examine the moments of your life here on earth, um, you know, prior to the billions of eternity, that how are you paying and giving attention to those moments? Uh, you would have to self-examine. Am I, am I in God's word on a regular basis? Am I in constant communication with God through regular prayer? And so maybe that's an individual question that you need to ask of yourself. But then beyond that, um, is this the extent of my understanding of what it means to do church, show up for an hour and then leave on a Sunday morning? Because that's not the church in the New Testament. Um, It's the beginning point, uh, but it goes further than that. And so maybe you need to say, I need to take that next step. I need to uh, get involved uh, in some relationships with some other people that will encourage my relationship with God by getting involved in a Grow Together group. 
Uh, and beyond that with some other people, maybe I need to use my gifts and talents to serve uh, a ministry in our church or serve our community in some way. And so um, we don't have a lot of time to spend on any of those four individually, uh, but to help you to that end, as a next step, I would encourage you uh, on the church website at firstdecaturorg slash resources, uh, there's some, some pathways you could say as to how can you begin to, you know, get into God's word uh, and some reading plans and some understandings of, uh, of, of God's word that would help you with that, as well as prayer. And then also, um, when it comes to growing and serving together and getting connected, there's uh, the Get Connected wall out in the lobby you can certainly check out. You can go to firstdecaturorg slash connect uh, to look at the ministries you have. But I would encourage mostly, and Jonathan would as well, that just uh, catch Pastor Jonathan. He would love to have a personal conversation with you as to figuring out the next best step uh, to get more engaged in the life of the church. Okay? So those are some things that we can be giving attention to in the moments that God has given us on this earth prior to that eternal life uh, that awaits us on the other side. And here's why. And this is my favorite verse out of the uh, however many verses this is that we're going to look at. And that's verse 47 where this little passage concludes. It says, as a result of all this, they praised God and they were enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. See, the reason I love this verse in this passage is because it reminds us that even as people of God's word and prayer and growing and serving together, that that does not terminate in and of itself. That, that's not the end in and of itself that we would just be developed as a result of these things, but that it is for the purpose of, as it says, uh, as we praise God in the midst of it, of earning the favor of those outside of those who would hold to the same uh, faith that we hold to. That, that's what that's speaking to. It's speaking to those outside of these walls, outside of the fellowship, who saw what, uh, the way these people lived. In fact, I love the way the message uh, paraphrases. The, um, they enjoyed the favor of all the people. It says that the people who saw the way they lived liked what they saw. And so as a result of seeing that difference in the way that the church lived their lives out in the world, it says... The Lord then added to their number daily those who are being saved. And so you could say the fifth point of why we're here on the planet um, until we get to, you know, I guess Passover, if you will, is that we're here to reach others for Jesus Christ. That when we um, are people of God's word, fueled by the Holy Spirit in prayer, growing and serving together, that people get a taste of that. They see something different and they are drawn. It, 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 we earn favor with them. And then the Lord adds to our number, particularly from our community, those who are being saved. That that is what God has called us to do as a church. In fact, um, that's exactly what, um, if you've been around here the last year, has been the vision uh, that has been laid out by the leadership of the church over the next 10 years. You might have heard this language or, or be reminded of it because you hear it enough. And that is a vision of 10 that um, a little over a year ago, coming out of a leadership retreat with the, uh, the elders and the pastors and the staff, that we felt God was calling our church to be a part of reaching 10% of our community over the next 10 years. And not just our congregation, but how could we work with the capital C church indicator uh, to help make an impact on our community in that way. And so um, we all got engaged in that. You know, we came out of last summer and last fall. We, uh, we might recall we prayed for 10 and we, all our Grow Together groups focuses on the, the circle maker, talking about how we can circle things in prayer, our lives, our families. We circled the church. And then the coolest thing was uh, we actually went to seven different locations all around our community, surrounded our community in prayer. And then from there, 
there. We've got behind it with our hands and our feet and our resources uh, through the Empower Vision campaign, uh, where we empowered others for ministry. We empowered uh, ministry around here through uh, expanding uh, ministry space to make space for more people to be a part of what we're doing in our community. And our children's wing uh, was doubled. In fact, uh, we actually are very excited. We have our new elementary ministry director, literally just U-hauled it into town yesterday, um, uh, Mitchell and his wife, Emily. And so they're with us. Uh, I don't even know if they're in here today or not, but uh, they just they might be catching up or unpacking boxes. But uh, next Sunday, November 15th, we're going to have uh, we're going to have a party for them out at the uh, disc and have some fun with the families and welcome them uh, out at 3.30. And so that's that's for everybody. It's a whole church who uh, would be uh, up for that uh, next Sunday at 3.30. And so, so we were doing that, but we recognized, and this is, again, I think my favorite part of the whole deal is we knew that it was more than just buildings and staff, but that ultimately God wanted to use the resource where money could never go. And that is the resource of you, the resource of us, um, that he wants to empower us, empower you to reach our community for Christ. That 10 isn't a program. It's not an event. It's about us being used by God to reach those who God has put us uh, in the sphere to influence. And so you might recall, uh, we, we had the two for 10 and we, uh, where you have your magnet, where there's two names or families that hopefully you still have in front of you. And if not, let this be a reminder of that who you are praying for, who you're investing in that relationship and keeping your antenna up to opportunities to the third eye, invite uh, them onto a spiritual journey of faith uh, for themselves. And so uh, we invited a lot of those two for tens to uh, fun night in the parks and our um, real encounter uh, bike event. And then here most recently, we just wrapped up the Room for Doubt series where, again, it wasn't just our congregation, but congregations all around the community saying, we are going to make this place the safest place where those outside of the faith can come and ask tough questions and doubts when it comes to the faith. Uh, And so be encouraged as I kind of go along this quick timeline that God is doing awesome and great mighty works among us that that says earlier in the verse that we are in awe of what God is doing um, because of our commitment, uh, more importantly, his commitment to us and our opportunity to be committed to him through people of his word, praying as we grow and serve together that we might earn the favor, that people might like what they see and the Lord might add to our numbers in the church across Decatur, not just First Christian Church, those who are being saved. So that's what God has called us to. And um, to that end, we believe that, you know, it's only one year into a 10-year thing. So we believe God's got a lot more for us, and we're excited to see what that will all unfold. Uh, But this weekend actually marks a pretty significant weekend in one of those steps uh, at a very pragmatic level for many of us. And that really, where you're sitting at the exact time you're sitting uh, is the last weekend that we will have uh, these service times in the way that we've had them uh, prior. And so uh, I'm going to direct you to, again, if this sheet here in your program, it says experience worship uh, that reflects our new worship service times. And if this is your regular service time, as far as, you know, the clock, it's not dramatically different. Five minutes earlier, that's, if you've got kids, I know that's tougher, actually. But um, f- from here on out, Saturday will remain the same. We'll have a 5 p.m. service in this room. But then starting next week, we will have two services at 9.15, more or less this hour, one in here, and then one in the East Auditorium uh, as well, where everything will be pretty much the same as you're used to it. There's live everything, live worship, live host, live communion. I don't know how you'd do that anyway, simulcast, but uh, everything is the same. The only difference is 
uh, is the preacher will be strictly on this, the big screen in there rather than a person, which I'm wondering as I look, it's interesting because most of you don't watch, you, a lot of us watch the screens in here anyway now, which is I think is very fascinating. And so uh, again, reminded that the goal is not inconvenience for the people of us who are already here. The goal is that we would make more seats and more space available for the zooming out, the mission, the vision that God has called us to as a church. So we might make more seats available uh, to reach those who God is uh, trying to reach through us in our community. And so um, we're encouraging as many who would be willing to try it uh, for a season to go and check out uh, Worship at the 915 so that when our guests do come, they can have what you could say might be a more, I don't want to say the word normal experience, but what you might expect, an actual you know, not screen maybe in front of them for the first time when they come in the West Auditorium. So we start that next week with uh, the 915s, two 915s, and then an 11 a.m., not a 1050, but an 11 a.m. service back in the West Auditorium. And I know if you're like me, you're sitting there kind of in your head like, well, what couldn't they have done this? Or couldn't we have done that? Or what about, why didn't we think about doing it this way? And um, we probably haven't exhausted all those questions, but I'll tell you, we've tried really hard to. And you, if you've been around, you know the leadership of this church. They did not take any of these shifts, these changes, looking at the resources, both human and physical, lightly. And believe under a lot of prayer that this is the next best step that God is calling us to when it comes to reaching our community. And so um, we're reminded that our, one of our core values, um, I'm going to say it begrudgingly sometimes, is we embrace change. Remember Wayne always talks about how we, it's the weirdest exercise. I don't understand how this is embracing change, but apparently it is. Um, that we embrace change. And I'm reminded that um, just because it's our value to embrace change, it doesn't mean we like change. And it doesn't mean change is easy. Uh, and depending on your personality, the larger percentage in the room is that technically we don't like change. Uh, and I'm one of those. I love routine and consistency. And so I, I hate change. Um, but I do um, appreciate progress, um, particularly in light of the mission that God's called us to. Uh, and so to that end, um, I'm thankful to you. I'm thankful for this congregation that have seen, who've been here longer than I have, that have seen a, a zillion changes uh, of this is another. And so it's a big one. Um, but be encouraged. It was, we were reminded that uh, the reason we do this, the reason we make these changes, is that we might be used by God to enjoy the favor of the people outside of the space and make room for them in this place that they might know and walk with Christ both in this life, in its moments, and frankly, for the millions of years that follow in eternity. And so um, to that end, um, here's how we're going to conclude our time together. Uh, Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, that when it comes to our opportunity in our community, or, you know, in the world, that the harvest is plentiful. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers or the opportunities, they are few. And so when it comes to these situations where we know we have lots of opportunity, but only a limited amount of resources, this is what Jesus says. He says then, ask the Lord of the harvest... Pray to the Lord of the harvest for those opportunities, for the workers, for that harvest field. And so for us, that harvest field, that context is Decatur. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. Rather than me rant on for the remaining of the part of the service, we're actually going to ask the Lord of the harvest. We're going to close our time praying that God would um, use the opportunities that he has placed before us to reach our community more for Christ. And so instead of concluding uh, in this room, we're actually going to go over to the East Auditorium together and we're going to have uh, prayer together in there. Um, to actually, and I actually preach shorter. I know I did. I'm looking at the clock and I'm doing decent. And so... Um, <laughs> 
we, uh, it'll only be five minutes and I think you actually get out sooner than you would if I just ranted and raved a little longer. So um, we're gonna head over there. And again, if you're a guest with us, sorry, this is not normal and we always are sensitive that it's like your first time and they're moving you from one room to the next at the same service. Uh, we recognize um, to appreciate your flexibility with that. And then one other note that I think is worth saying that um, particularly for the fellows in the room that I, um, I give you my commitment, my promise, my assurance that as we go over there, that as we pray, you guys will at any point not have to, I guarantee it, have to hold hands with another dude. <laughs> that will be a strictly no hand-holding zone prayer. So you don't have to sneak out the back door. It's going to be okay. It was funny. Last night, someone was like, amen, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. So... Um, so let's go ahead and do that. We're going to transition over to that space, to our no hand-holding zone. And I'll give you a little bit of direction as to how we're going to pray together. As you go, try to go as far over to the window as possible and not congregate by the door because there's a, a lot of us to get in there. So thank you for your embracing change right now by going over there. Well, let's do this. As, as we're making our way in, the last few are, are finding their spot. Um, just as, a, again, an encouragement and a reminder as to why uh, adult worship in the East Auditorium teenagers is a good thing and a reminder to us as adults. And to do that, just uh, a little bit of a throwback to David Letterman Top 10 style. So with that, Top 10 Reasons Why Adult Worship in the East Auditorium is a Good Thing. Here we go. Number 10. Closer to the parking lot means closer to lunch. That's a good thing. Number nine, closer to first kids means quicker to pick up your kids, which they're excited about. Was that a good thing for us? I always wonder if I just didn't come what they would do. All right, I lost my sticker. Yeah, I don't know. All right, number eight, closer to the cafe means I'm closer to the caffeine. That's a good thing, all right? Number seven, theoretically, we can mute the preacher. <laughs> Number six, going where the teenagers meet, make me feel younger. <laughs> Number five, no more weird pew interactions. Y'all know what I'm talking about, trying to get to the middle of the aisle, it's like, excuse me, sorry, yeah, sorry. It's weird. I'm gonna do that here, just move the chair. All right. Number four. You get to lead the We Embrace Change, ex what is that? Fitness challenge, that's right. So, everyone, embrace change? That's how you do it, we just bear hug it, I think. That's the Pastor Wayne, We Embrace Change. Okay, all right. Number three. I thought we were here to view the new Star Wars trailer. Number two, you can sleep through the sermon and Wayne will never know. <laughs> All right, and the number one reason that worship for adults in the East Auditorium is a good thing is for us to be able to do the one thing on earth that we can't do in heaven that we are actually here to do, and that is to reach our community for Jesus Christ. And so, to that end, I'm going to invite you to, in a non-hand-holding way, just to kind of cluster up, group up with, it doesn't matter if there's three of you or ten of you, uh, 20, it doesn't matter, but just kind of group up 
And uh, this is, again, maybe a little uh, out of your comfort zone, but if you feel so led to pray out loud about uh, these three things, we'd invite you to do that. Not everyone has to pray out loud. That's okay. Um, we want to pray that God would, in fact, use this increased space that, uh, for the reaching of our community for Christ. Secondly, that as we, who are already here, um, embrace change, even though it doesn't always you know, something we like, we do recognize that we're doing it for the sake of what God's called us to do. And thirdly, when it comes to anything we do, including this, uh, this new worship lineup, that everything we do, we bring worship and glory to God. And so to that end, I'm going to invite you to, to kind of group up. And if you feel led out loud to pray with that group, uh, go ahead and do so. One thing you might want to do before you get started is just someone elect to say, I'll close us, like out loud, because the only thing more awkward than holding hands is just standing there for silence for like five minutes while everyone else goes to lunch. So um, with that, go ahead and uh, just you can move the chairs around a little bit, just group up. Um, go ahead and do that now. And I'll start us, and then I'll release it to your groups to pray. So go ahead and make some groups. Teenagers, come join us. Get all in the mix. Give you a minute to do that. All right, someone choose. Okay, got to choose a closer. Who's going to say amen? All right. Go ahead and do that, and then I'll go ahead and start us. And then we'll leave it to you all to pray. So, all right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift that we have in what we're doing right now. The gift to communicate to you and that you hear us and that you respond. That you are a God who's personal to us in that way. And so God, in faith, we trust you and we ask, Lord, hear our prayer.